you ain't first, you're last. If you're not first, you're last fantasy football podcast. A podcast dedicated to the If You're Not First, You're Last Fantasy Football League. Eight week league commissioner Alan Byrne here alongside Burns himself, Owen Byrne. Owen, what's cracking? All good, Al, all good. Another uh, great week of games. Uh, ups and downs, highs and lows. Everybody's involved. It's, uh, it's good. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Good weekend. Some good games in the NFL. Some high scores again. Some big games. Some letdowns. And the Fantasy Football League uh, matchups uh, proved every bit of that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, ups and downs. Um, some guys trying to catch other guys. Some guys just got molly walloped. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get to all that. First, some NFL news. Uh, again, injury bug hit. Uh, some more big, high-profile players. None more so than uh, my poor old 49ers had some big losses this week. Yeah, your Niners took another another beating. Um, obviously, George Kittle and Jimmy G. Both uh, going to be out for several weeks. Maybe even the season. Yeah, certainly the fantasy season, I would have thought. Uh, the thought is hopefully, should the Niners be able to keep pace in the playoff hunt, uh, these guys might be back for playoffs, but it looks like uh, they both could be uh, could be lost for the season, you know. So it's just uh, another uh, another couple of names to add to the awful uh, injury list at, at the 49ers. Uh, we were just talking before the pod. It's $80 million worth of cap. Now sitting on the San Francisco IR. That's just <laughs> crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Added to that, of course, uh, we've got a COVID situation. We're recording on Thursday evening. Tonight's game between the Packers and the 49ers was in the balance. Uh, running back A.J. Dillon first came down with the COVID, uh, the COVID uh, bug. Um, and he uh, put the game in jeopardy. Uh, a couple of guys close contacts are going to be out and then uh, hit the 49ers as well yeah um, a couple of guys uh, were close contacts on the 49ers as well Mm. Um, so I mean people are just going to be the Niners are going to be real lighted receiver and the Packers are going to be real lighted running back (laughs) but they're going to play yeah 49ers going to run it, Packers will lay it out, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's... Which would have been the game plan anyway, so it's kind of all the one, really. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> uh, any other uh, any other injury news of note this week? Uh, no, no real big ones. I mean, Tevin Coleman was obviously also a letdown for mm. the Niners, Um he got injured uh, fairly fairly early doors in the game. If you brought him in, Alan, you did. Um, yep. You were disappointed. Yep. 
Sure was, and more ways than one on. More ways than one. Uh, those are the breaks, you know. That's it, that's it. Alright, well, this week's episode, before we get into the game matchups, this is a deep dive episode. We're over the halfway point of the fantasy season. Today we're going to do uh, a mock draft, two-round mock draft. We're going to look back uh, how the draft should have shaken out had you known where you would where you'd be after eight weeks. And uh, we're just going to go on the fly. We haven't talked about this before the pod, so we're just going to uh, we're just going to go at it. Yeah, taking it as it comes. Cool, cool. All right. Well, week eight is in the books, and we've gone over the halfway point of the fantasy regular season. Week eight's game of the week saw unnecessary roughness take on shake and bake, with both teams needing a win for different reasons. Unnecessary roughness saw only Keenan Allen and a cooking Russell Wilson breach the 20-point mark. Elliott, Coleman, Johnson, Smith and Goddard all not hitting double digits in what was a low-scoring effort all around. In response, Shake and Bake had a monster from DK Metcalf who eclipsed 40 points. But unfortunately for Shake and Bake, this would represent about 40% of his total points earned by the entire squad during Sunday's action. As seven players failed to hit double digits, including a goose egg from Nelson Aguilar. Woof! As we headed to Monday night, Shake and Bake needed 24 points from Mike Evans to secure an unlikely victory. But Evans could only muster 16 and a half and hand Unnecessary Roughness their third win on the spin. Unnecessary Roughness crossed the midway point firmly in the playoff hunt at 5 and 3. Shake and Bake has their season in the balance at 2 and 6. What do you think? Yeah, both uh, both teams here leaving plenty of points on the bench, and it's kind of a story of you were let down by less players than Keen was. Um, but yeah, lots of uh, lots of managerial mistakes could have swung it either way. Yeah. Uh, also, I float a little trade ski Keen's way Sunday uh, afternoon before the game started. If he had accepted it, he would have uh, got himself a win. So, maybe he needs to evaluate. He needs to start buying some wins. Yeah, he does, he does. He's uh, he's right on the edge of it now. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Sundays are for the Boyds handed out their second blowout of the week this season as they crushed... Easy Company 101 and a lopsided affair for the ages. Registering a season-high score for the second week running, Sundays are for the boys came roaring out of the blocks on the back of Cook and Adams, who combined registered 78.9 points. This was added to by Boyd, Tyreek the Freak, Stafford and the Eagles D to put them out of sight early. In response, Easy Company put up a score that would have beaten six other teams in the league this weekend. But they were no match for the table toppers. Kelsey, Robinson and the Chiefs D hit the 20 point mark. But four others failed to hit 10 points. With Cooper and Patterson combining for just four points between them. 
They had no chance. Sunday's in front of Boyd's on the back of a five-game win streak. Go clear at the top at 6-2. and two. Easy Company 101 with more work to do for a playoff berth at 4-4. Four and four. Own. Yeah, Ben continuing to steamroll here. I mean, when half of your opponent's score, you're scoring it with two players. Uh, it makes things a lot easier. But I mean, yeah. good numbers, good numbers across the board. Like he was only let down by Thielen. Everyone else in the double digits. That's yeah. that's just monster scoring, really. Yeah, it's you know? unbeatable stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, he just continues the steamroll. He gone off to a bit of a shaky start, but I mean, he's just he's just bending people now. That's it. Five wins on the bounce. Five wins on the bounce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll Park just ran into it this week. That's you know, that's, that's it. Simple as that. As I say, he put up a reasonable score in the hundred and fifty point mark, uh, but uh, not in an arse's roar of uh, of uh, of Ben this week. Yeah, Mary Cooper uh, being disappointing. Um, interesting decision to start Cordell Patterson at uh, running back, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. After losses in week six, both the Nina football team and Cleveland Steamers got back to winning ways in week seven as they took each other on in week eight, each looking to keep the good form going. Cleveland Steamers finally had a breakout from Robert Woods, but he would be the only one to break 20 points as a lackluster effort from the likes of DJ Moore and their entire tight end room made them an easy target on Sunday night. Nina football team took full advantage as Rogers, Julio Jones and an inspired start for Corey Davis saw them wrestle control of the contest. As predicted, Alvin Kamara did indeed double the pain for the Cleveland Steamers as he went over 20 points while handing a loss to the Bears in the process. Despite a goose egg from Greg Olson and three others failing to hit double digits, Nina football team were in command as we headed to Monday night's action. Cleveland Steamers had both Ronald Jones and Scotty Miller to play and they needed to outshine Evan Ingram from the Nina football team as well as overcome a significant gap. But in the end, they only combined to do slightly better than Ingram on his own, and thus hand an easy win to the football team. Two wins on the bounce is Nina football team firmly back in the playoff picture at five and three. Cleveland Steamers also on five and three, but in the midst of a mid-season slump after a hot three and start. Tough stuff on, tough stuff. Yeah, yeah, it uh, wasn't a good weekend, I can't lie. Um, I never felt like I was ever going to win uh, <laughs> after the Thursday night game. Um, DJ Moore just didn't do enough compared to Julio Jones, and I actually never thought I was ever going to re- recover. Um, made a key managerial mistake, uh, wasn't tuned into the bye weeks, and didn't realise I was going to be out with Shark and McLaurin this week. And it cost me. Yeah, bit of yeah, panic didn't, have, didn't have the backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't ready for it, and it's it's a mistake, and you know that's bullshit. You gotta learn from those <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There I'm gonna go. be licking there me wounds. So yeah, 
absolutely, absolutely. Watch those bye weeks, folks. Watch those bye weeks. <laughs> All right, game four. So remember the tight ends take on the batshit draft merchants. Both teams riding the wave of a three-game losing streak heading into the contest. Something had to give. Mike Williams and Gio Bernard hit 20-point mark for the remember the tight ends. But Taylor, Parker, Andrews and Mims all failed to hit double digits. Mike Davis's hot run also appears over. And mediocre play from QBs Jackson and Allen left him with too much to do. A relief this was for the batshit draft merchants as Pat Mahomes torched the Jets for more than 36 points. Added to by Cup, Williams and the Steelers D all with big outings, allowing them to cruise to victory and no doubt some happy fist pumping this week. Staying alive for a playoff berth, batshit draft merchants finish week 8 at 4-4. Four four. Seeing their playoff berth drift away, remember the tight ends languish at 2-6. and six. What do you think? Yeah, just again, remember the Titans just being let down in such key areas. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor hasn't been anything like we thought he was going to be. No. Um, the the steam seems to have run out on the Josh Allen train a small bit. Lamar Jackson's been struggling in the past game. It's killing him fantasy-wise. And Mark Andrews is... He's had three hot weeks and five cold weeks. Yeah. And you just... He's and turned into not reliable. What's so funny about the tight ends is that... Yeah, you've just said it. Three good weeks, five bad weeks. He's still the tight end seven. Yeah. That'll just show you yeah. how bad the tight end position is. You know? Terrific. Yeah, it's been very unpredictable this year. I mean, yeah. in, in, even in comparison to past years. I mean, yeah. it's been woefully, woefully inconsistent. Now, yeah. he was dealing with a lot of buys this week, too. I mean, Gibson, Robinson, Will Fuller, all were on buy this week. Yeah. Uh, Chenault, they're all going to be coming back next week, along with CMC. So, I mean, maybe not all is lost. Yeah. But remember, the tie ends. Yeah. They want to get cracking. They want to get the fire but light. Yeah, they need they to. They out. need to get moving real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, our final game of the week. So the one-win hapless Galladays take on the five-win Dakless in the future. Despite the happy Galladays starting with a seventy-five percent chance of winning, this turned out to be a low-scoring slobber knocker. In a season first. No player on either team hit the 20-point mark. With Henry and Mooney coming close for Dakless in the future, and Justin Jackson likewise for the hapless Galladays. Dakless in the future had five players in single digits, including a goose egg from Humphreys. Hapless Galladays had six players in single digits, with a goose egg of their own from the name-bearer Kenny G. As we headed to Monday night, there was the possibility that neither team would get over the 100 point mark. But the GOAT and the Bucks D came up good for the hapless Galladays, easily outscoring a good effort from Gronk. And the hapless Galladays registered their second win of the season in an upset. Dakless in the future, end week 8, 
Well in the mix at 5-3. and three. Hapless Galilee is sensing a spark. Now at 2-6. and six. Owen. Yeah, um, is this a surge from the unhapless Galilee? I mean, they've been... They have two on the spin now, but also they play the only team they could have beaten this week. Oh, then, well, they could have pulled out a, a win against Keane as well, but, you know, that's basement stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darkness to the Future struggled across the board. I mean, if you, if I told you your team's highest score was going to be the rookie wide receiver on the Chicago Bears, you would not think you're going to win your week. And you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. Added to the Ben DiNucci project, which obviously didn't work out for either Dakless or the, or the Cowboys. So. And won't work out this week either. No. I like your hustle, but you're cut. Yeah, there's already some other guy, Gilbert, or Gilbert Grape, going in there... Uh, yeah, there's Rush, Rush, and Gilbert are are in a battle for for the starting role against the Steelers defense. That's <laughs> something like a battle I would want to lose on purpose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who wants to make their Dallas debut against the Steelers? <laughs> Alrighty, uh, sleepers, weekly awards, the best manager. Went to Quinny despite his loss. Sent a set a lineup that was ninety four percent of their perfect possible lineup. Still would have ended in a loss. Worst manager yeah, of the week by his majority of his bench being on bye. There you go. Worst manager of the week was Keen and Shake and Bake. Only had seventy percent of their perfect possible lineup. Could have had an easy win. Ah, oh, could have cruised it. Biggest blowout. Well, Sundays are for the boys. Narrowest victory, unnecessary roughness. Highest score. Sundays are for the boys. A lead, a, a season-leading score of two hundred thirty-five point five two. Lowest score. Dakless in the future, eking over that one hundred point mark at one hundred one even. The overachiever was Sundays for for the boys. Twenty-five percent over their expected target. Below expectation. Was unnecessary roughness. 28% off. Projected to be 175. QB of the week. Pat Mahomes. RB. Dalvin Cook. Wide receiver of the week. DK Metcalf. Tight end of the week. Travis Kelsey. D of the week. Pittsburgh Steelers. Bench warmers of the week. Justin Herbert. Naheem Hines. Brandon Ayuk. Don Schultz. And the Indianapolis Colts. D. Looking forward to week number nine. More tasty matchups. The juggernaut, that is, Sundays are for the Boyds. Come up against the top defense of the unnecessary roughness. Need a football team. Five and three take on the hapless Galladays at two and six. Are they are they about spark? Who knows? A doozy. Five and three Cleveland Steamers take on a four and four batshit draft merchants. <laughs> Equally doozy. Five and three Dakless in the future take on a four and four Easy Company 101. And probably the game with the most riding on it this week the two and six Shake and Bake take on the two and six 
Remember the tight ends. The winner has a shot. The loser is going down the toilet. <laughs> oh. Out and about. Absolutely. Out and about. There yeah, we there's go. some big games this week. It's gonna yeah. the playoff picture is gonna start could start taking shape. I mean important games this week. Very important. Yeah, important games. Looking at the league table, first place is Sundays for the Boys at six and two. We then have four teams on five and three, being Dakless in the future, Cleveland Steamers, Nina football team, unnecessary roughness. And then the batshit draft merchants and Easy Company 101 and 4 and 4. They're in places 6 and 7 right now. 6th being the playoff cutoff. So if it ended today, batshit are in. Easy Company are out. Shake and bake. Remember tight ends. Hapless Galdez all in 2 and 6. Need 2 or 3 wins on the bounce now. Someone needs to put a run together to have any shot. So all to play for. This is this is the time of year. Um, shake and bake. Keint is usually shining, but yeah, struggling so far. But I put him down this week. I thought it, I thought this is his week to get back in it, but uh, wasn't to be. Wasn't to be. Of course, on any points on the bench. Yeah, of course, there are questions to be asked for week nine, but maybe we'll do our deep dive in, into our draft, and we'll we'll come back and ask those. Uh, those crunching questions before we before we sign off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Agreed. right, right. So what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to uh, do two rounds of uh, of a mock draft. If you knew what you uh, knew then, what you know now, this is the way we would do it. Um, I flipped a coin. Owen gets first pick. We're going to go back and forth. Snake 20, 20 players. Let's have a chat. Who's your number one pick on? One on one. Fairly easy. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Yeah. Probably consensus. Yeah. Top yeah. top RB uh, so far. He's clearly last year the injuries played their part. But he's back looking like he, the Kamara of 2016 and 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, highest non-QB... Um, points scored uh, averaging very high every week means pretty standard pick to be fair yeah yeah. Uh, I'll pick number two and I would go with Dalvin Cook he's been a monster throughout the season he's put up some big scores and Really, he's only missed what one game, and already through his bye. Yeah. But you know he's averaging. You know, yeah, he's averaging points uh, twenty-seven game. points a week. Twenty-seven yeah, points. I mean, week. Jesus, that's uh, that's yeah, a good going, you know. Uh, and, just and, and Ben picked him up with the ninth pick in the draft. You know, we we didn't mention the Kamara went sixth. You know, there were two good picks in the latter half of uh, of round one. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Now, Pick number three. It gets a little trickier here, I believe. Because see 
I just have a real hard time picking Derrick Henry in a PPR league. First time I said it won't be the last time. I know, but it's hard to, uh, you know, he had his first two weeks were shaky, and still he's not really in the, even at the twenty point mark. You know, it's it, it, it's a tough pick. It's a tough pick. Yeah, he's he's actually. He's averaging 20 points a week, but there's another player that is averaging more points a week, but has just played two less games. That's Aaron Jones. Yeah. But I know he'll be giving out, so I'm just going to pick Derrick Henry. It's Derrick Henry's pick three. Derrick Henry in a three. All right, all right. Tough going. I would never do this for my own team. <laughs> All right. I also too have been thinking about uh, a tough choice. When we did our draft, Michael Green was a pick four, and he went QB uh, with Pat Mahomes, which I wasn't against. We're in, we're in a super flex league. You're starting two QBs. You want to get the good guys, so I'm going to go QB. But I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Russ has just been cooking week after week after week. Fell to the 10th the pick of the third round. 30th player taken overall. Currently the number one point leader. He's been outstanding. Yep. So uh, Yeah, he has been. Um, no, no arguments. Yeah. Um, again, a mistake again, I made coming into the league with it being super flex. My first time being in a super flex, definitely, I definitely underrated the uh, QB position going into the draft. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, alrighty, pick number five in the real draft is Michael Thomas. His name may not be mentioned in the top twenty here. So, uh, where do you Spoiler go? Spoiler alert: It won't be mentioned. <laughs> Where are you going at five? At five, I'm staying at running back because I believe it's the most important position to have depth at. I would be taking here Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. He's had a couple of guys aboard. He's, he's, play, he's, he's only played five games, but I'm going to take those licks because he's averaging 23 points when he is playing. So I want him on my team. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Alrighty. We're getting down to it now. Pick number six. Alvin Kamara was taken in the draft. He's already off the board. Tough decisions here. A tough decision here. Oh. Really. My heart says you got to take Zeke. He's the number four or B right now. But, man, he's had some dodgy weeks lately. But uh, it's difficult. It's difficult. I'm going to go... Ooh. I'll go with Zeke. I'll take Zeke at six. I still think he's going to come good for me. 
as the year progresses. <laughs> the guy is a monster. He's just obviously going through a bad situation with Dallas at the moment. Their team is trash. You know, they're just different. crippled. They're crippled. Their all line is crippled. I mean, that's that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They can't play defense. They can't. No. But the Dallas fan was up next at number seven, and he took Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's off the board. On who are you taking at seven? At seven, I'm gonna go back into the QB pool. And we're going to take Paddy Mahomes. Yeah, good choice, good choice. I was going to take him at eight, but uh, but no, good choice. I like it. He's obviously yeah the best QB he's in doing, the league. Doing Paddy Mahomes things, you know. Yeah, he's outrageous. He is outrageous. But uh, but yeah, yeah, man, he's having a good season. Twenty, yeah, twenty-seven, for sure. forty, twenty, thirty, thirty-six last weekend. Only that one stinker against Denver. 12 points when the defence did yeah. all the scoring but yeah alrighty uh, pick 8 in our draft was Nick Chubb Chubb has obviously had his uh, his, his injury problems this year and off the back of that I'm going to take his running mate Kareem Hunt that oh, is interesting yeah I'm going to stick with the RBs and I think he's the next best guy up uh, and he's, he actually surprisingly seemed to do better with Chubb in the lineup than he has done with Chubb out in the lineup. But he's still been he's still been okay. He wasn't taken until uh, the first pick of the eighth round. And I steal yeah. by pork, you know. So, but no, he's had uh, you know a couple of stinkers, but he's had uh, some good weeks too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, running behind a good line there, and uh, they really fixed their O-line uh, issues in in Cleveland, so they've been doing well. Um, probably yep. the worst part of their yep. offense is their quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, All definitely right. seems to be holding them back now. Yeah, yeah. Number nine in our draft, Ben took Dalvin Cook. Cook is off the board on, where are you going? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Quarterback. Ooh. Arizona Three Cardinals. QBs in the first round. Holy moly. Well, it's like this. With Murray, you get the running as well. And he's been running in touchdowns. And he's actually averaging more points a week than um, Patrick Mahomes. Ooh. He's only got a couple of points less than Patrick Mahomes this season. And he's played one less game. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a good pick. He's, so, he's an outstanding player. In fact, I'm not sure what podcast I listened to this week talked about Kyler Murray and said that in a dynasty startup, you'd be hard-pressed not to take Murray at 101. It's funny because I was also I was listening to a different podcast. It's um, They just talk about the NFL in general. And they were talking about uh, rookie QBs. They were essentially talking about Tua. And they were comparing Tua and Herbert and Burrow. And there's three guys on the podcast. And one of them, they started adding, sprinkling in um, Lamar Jackson. And they didn't mention Mahomes because Mahomes would be the clear pick in any case. 
Mm. And they started uh, mentioning uh, Kyler Murray. And one of the three on the podcast would have taken, would ha- start their franchise today with Herbert over Murray. Ooh. I couldn't. I didn't I agree. Could, I could not agree with that. Now, now Herbert has looked good, but uh, Kyler has taken the oh, step the other, up. The other, the other two guys like just laughed him out of it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was an interesting thought that, yeah, you could be in a Superflex Dynasty startup. Kyler Murray could be your 101. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right. At the back end of round one, Travis Kelsey was taken by Porrick. I like that pick when it was made, but I'm not going with him now. Uh, He will go in round two at some point, but I would go with... Tyler Lockett. Knowing what we know now, Lockett has balled out this season. Absolutely balled out. Taken way down in the middle of the sixth by Aina. He's the... uh, He's the uh, wide receiver one right now. I uh, like where he's at. Along with Russ cooking, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, all the hype uh, preseason was about Metcalf, who also has been outstanding, but still not the number one receiver on his team. It's Tyler Lockett. It's, yeah, is the number one there. Alrighty. Um, it's an interesting choice between both of them, um, because at number eleven, I'm going to take DK Metcalf. Ooh, there you go. It was their uh, um, their teammate Chris Carson was taken at the first pick of the second round by Park going DK. DK was taken yeah. in the uh, back end of the fifth by Keen. Yeah, yeah he's, look, uh, it's it's either or really. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm going to keep the uh, wide receiver train going. Second pick in round two, I'm going to take Devante Adams. I think uh, Adams right now is the sixth or seventh wide receiver, but I think when the year is done, he's 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 all they got. <laughs> he's all Aaron Rodgers has, you know. Yeah, he's, he's currently funny. he's currently the seventh wide receiver, but he has the highest by about six points a game. He's the highest average per game. Yeah, by a difference of about six points. Yeah, and. To be fair, he has missed a couple of games and a couple of stinkers, but his upside is just too good, and I think he stays fit for the rest of the season. He's going to be the wide receiver one when it's done. Yeah, he's definitely going to be right there. Um, they don't have anyone else. Yeah. So. And he, and he was taken at this spot by Ben in our draft. So there you go. Oh, convenient. Pick number three in the third round was Great Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs take it by Keane where are you going you're not going Josh Jacobs no no I'm staying in uh, the wide receiver pool and I'm going for DeAndre Hopkins Hopkins yeah yeah this guy's a baller we didn't know how it was going to pan yeah. out I thought when he was taken by by Andrew uh, at this point when he when that pick was made I thought oh that's a mistake I thought he is going to fall into the third round. 
unknown what's going to happen with Kyler Murray, but man, they're balling out. I agree. He definitely slipped down my draft boards when he was traded there. I was new team, new system, running QB. I was really unsure about things, but man, he is having a field day every week. Yeah, every week. Um, yeah, he's consistent. Twenty points a week. He's got the best hands in the business, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely uh, agree. Next up, um, let me see. Let me see. Uh, it was Julio Jones uh, that was taken. Uh, I'm not going with Julio Jones. I'm going with someone that was not drafted and wouldn't have been considered to be drafted. But had you known, you would have picked up James Robinson, running back for Jacksonville Jags. He has balled out. Absolutely balled out. Hard to... uh, Uh, Yeah. It's hard tonight. I would have had him over um, Cream Hunt, who you picked in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, funnily. Looking at his stats here now, yeah, I may have made a mistake. <laughs> okay. Moving I on. I think you did make a mistake. Yeah, the hapless Galdes picked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's done pretty good. But I don't think he's going to be the pick. Who are you picking on? Um, I'm probably here going to stay in the wide receiver pool. And I think I would go here with Terry Kill. Yeah, Terry the Freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely there's definitely other receivers there that we haven't brought up yet. The likes of uh, Calvin Ridley, Stephen Diggs. But I think Terry Kill. I mean, he's got the. He's just got the assurance at quarterback. He's the cheetah. Yeah. He's the fastest yeah. player. It's just hard to deny um, the production that's going to be there for him. Yeah, that's it. That's it, yeah. Um, and yeah, I've just noticed I got ahead of myself. That's actually pick 2.5 where Julio Jones went. Uh, and you're taking uh, Hill instead. Um, I will move on to 2.6 where Clyde Edwards Hilaire was taken. But I'm not taking Clyde Edwards there. I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley. 2.6. Calvin has yeah. had uh, had a very good season, albeit he had one dud week uh, with a goose egg. Uh, last week was also tough, but uh, he's been reliable. He's been reliable other than that. Yeah, and for the most part, uh, yeah, he's been reliable. Certainly looks like he's going to take over the mantle from Julio Jones in over the next couple of years, yeah? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can... Um, he can truly be the one I mean he's I know he's done it on weeks the odd weeks here and there without when Julio's been injured and things but over a full season when he's the only guy you have to double cover do you know what I mean it could be a, another Juju Smith-Schuster situation yep yep absolutely pick 2.7 was taken by Michael he took George Kittle 
who again was a great pick, albeit he's now injured. So he's not going to be the pick here. Who are you taking? No, I think um, I know uh, progress has uh, has stalled a little bit of late, but I'm probably going to take Josh Allen here. He's definitely going to have won me weeks up to now. He still yeah. is a rushing quarterback. I mean, that's definitely still a big deal, and he can oftentimes be the goal line back for their team. Yeah. So I think uh, in a super flex league, I'd probably just be having him here with the way the yeah, season has Yeah, absolutely. Out so and, uh, and in the real draft, uh, I got to the bottom of the sixth. I hadn't the QB taken. And I thought, Josh Allen is, is my man. I'm going to take him. I had a feeling you weren't going to go QB yet. Quinny already had Lamar. I thought, happy days. He's going to come back around to me. Then Quinny took him at the top of the seventh. Nice pick. Nice pick. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought I was going to snag in there, but no, he's he's had an outstanding season. Uh, but as you said, uh, falling off a little bit, but uh, the upside is there week on week, you know. Yeah, still, um, you know, still playing for a, a solid Bills team who look like they're, they'll probably still win their division and stuff. So, I mean, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to see too, uh, too big a decline every week yeah yeah from him he's still gonna have great weeks that's it alright at 2.8 I took Joe Mixon Joe's been up and down for me I'm not gonna pick Joe here I'm gonna go with Travis Kelsey tight end has been such an awful awful position for everyone this year except for Kelsey he's been his usual consistent self taken at the back of the first as I said I wasn't I wasn't uh, put out by that pick at all, but, uh, you know, he's been consistent at a position where there's no consistency. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, there's there's no real arguing with it, but I'm just not a... I'm not someone who drafts tie-ins early, so... I know, I know, I know, I know. Alright, 2.9. that whole position has been a... You're right, that whole position has been a shit show this year. Yeah, yeah. 2.9, you were on the clock, you took Miles Sanders, again probably a good pick, only the injury bug has slowed him down, hopefully he's going to come back after his bye, ready to roll, help you through the playoffs, but we'll see. Yeah, um, he's been a bit of a sick note, but I'm hoping he comes back strong now after his bye, as you said, um, that's pretty much the plan, we, we need you Miles, the Cleveland Steamers <laughs> need you. That's it. So who are you taking? 2.9. Okay, he got off to a slow start, but he's been consistent since. I'm taking Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. You sniped me. Yeah. I was gonna take Gurley I was gonna take Gurley next. Yeah, he's been back to well, his That makes my pick place. even sweeter. I know, I know. There you go, there you go. Yeah, look, he's uh he's he's uh He's getting the touchdowns. You know, that's the bottom line for Gurley. He is getting the TDs. And, uh, yeah. Look, what are you going to do? He's playing well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. He has been playing well. Um, definitely. This We talked about skepticism around DeAndre Hopkins earlier. 
the skepticism around Todd Gurley was off the charts uh, coming into the season, but like you said, it's it's hinging on his touchdowns and he's getting them. Yeah. Uh, he started slow first week or two, not so great. And if you bought him low on those weeks, you're laughing now. That's it. See, look, and uh, yeah, again in our draft, I thought Jonathan Taylor was going to fall to me at 5.3. Again, I was sniped by Quinny. But I had a choice then between Montgomery and Gurley. And I decided to go with Montgomery. Gurley went in the next pick to Michael. I wish I went the other way. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Those are the breaks. Yeah. Those are the breaks. Alright, we're down to the bottom of the second. 2.10. Quinny was on the board. Took Kenyon Drake. Who has turned out to be terrible this year. Really has let him down this path to a 2-6 and six record along with his first two picks. His first three, four, five. His first five picks. McCaffrey, Drake, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Jonathan Taylor have all let him down. Yeah, they have, to be fair. When, when it looked like he had an outstanding opening to his draft. You know, there. It's just that that is tough. That is tough. Tough to get over. You know. Uh, but at the bottom of the second, I am going to take Stefan Diggs. He's been surprising how quickly he's fitted into the offense at Buffalo, and uh, surprising yeah. some. Yeah, surprising me. I was. I, I was well, I've never been a huge fan of his for some reason, even though you know he's an outstanding player. But I, I just didn't think he was going to fit into the offense straight away. I didn't think Josh Allen was going to have uh, the accuracy to be hitting this guy, uh, and they've both been outstanding. So it's hard, it's hard to not yeah. take him, you know. Well, Diggs is a downfield threat, and Josh Allen's got a cannon. I mean, it was a no-brainer for me. Yeah, yeah. I was very high but, on him. But you didn't. You, but you didn't take him. You went to the bottom of the fifth. Last pick in the fifth to Pork. Good pick. Good pick. Yep. So there you have it. That's what we're looking at through week eight. If we knew now what we knew then, that's what we'd be looking at. You could build a championship yeah. side, fooling everyone with your James yeah. Robinson picks. Uh, you would have be. left out of the room if you picked James Robinson in the second round. Absolutely. You would have been down at Bo Scarborough territory then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, <laughs> guys. Like we head into week nine. There are questions to be answered as they are every week. Will Sunday's Furtive Boyd's offensive juggernaut keep batting away all comers? Or will unnecessary roughness, tough defence do enough to derail them? Will Easy Company be able to stay alive off the back of awful offensive players in Chicago and New England? Or will they overcome Dallas in the future with their merry-go-round of Dallas backup QBs? Will batshit draft merchants be able to feel the team not suffering from COVID or injury? Or will the Cleveland Steamers be a little glad 
that the global pandemic is disabling the Packers running room? Will the hapless Galladays be able to do the unthinkable and turn around a failing season into a playoff run? Or will the Nina football team put them down once and for all? In a basement battle for the ages, will Shake and Bakes, New Man Crushes, Jacobs and Metcalf have enough to keep in the playoff hunt? Or will Old Flame run CMC return for Remember the Tight Ends like a hot ex and make him cry at the realisation that his current crushes aren't quite so hot? All will be revealed in week nine. <laughs> Some interesting questions. And yes, it was definitely a thought that crossed my mind that, oh, it'd be nice if Aaron Jones didn't play this week. <laughs> yeah. Still unknown what's going to happen. I'm looking for some updates with the match about to kick off in just a few hours. None, 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 none shaking yet, but uh, remains to be seen. No I don't know. As... There's no need. I just need it to not be confirmed until Green goes to bed, and then <laughs> he can't change his lineup. Well, maybe if he starts listening to his podcast soon, he might he might go for his news. <laughs> Yeah, could be helpful. Alright, guys. Enjoy this week's action. Hopefully there'll be no more COVID stories and injury stories to uh, to report next week. I'm sure there will. Best of luck to everyone. Set those lineups. Watch those bye weeks, as Owen would say. And, yeah, uh, it's an important week this week, guys. Gonna be tuned in. Yeah. yeah. Get that red zone on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Woo! Bye.